are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. Going to talk about what you can expect on the weekly podcast coming up in a couple hours. Something different this week that I've never done in 334 podcasts. How about that? Uh, We're going to talk about Chris Harrison and Mike Fleiss in a pissing contest. Uh, An update on Charity's Hometowns. We're going to talk about Survivor. We're going to talk about The Challenge. There's a new show on TLC, which, remember the last show they gave us? Milf Island or whatever the hell that was? We got another one coming out. Less trashy, it seems like. Interesting concept. We're going to talk about that. And more Vanderpump Rules drama. As now, Howie Mandel and Andy Cohen going at it publicly. And we will get to that momentarily. All right, first things first. Let's talk about today's weekly podcast, number 330. Is it 334? Sorry, I have to pull it up here. Uh, Yes, it is 334, and it is with one half of the Rose Pricks podcast hosts, Cecily Nobler. And she is joining me because if you heard me on their podcast a while back, Cecily and I realized how big of Pretty in Pink fans, Pretty in Pink fans we are. The movie from the 80s. As you know, this podcast, The Daily Roundup, opening music and closing music is a song called Rave Up Shut Up by the Rave Ups. My weekly podcast, as has been the case ever since I started it six and a half years ago, The opening theme music is a song called Positively Lost Me by the Rave Ups. Both songs were in Pretty in Pink, one of my favorite movies from the 80s. When I did the Rose Bricks podcast, I realized Cecily is just as big of a nerd as I am when it comes to that movie. So today, they're going to run it on their podcast as well, but I'm going to run it on my podcast today. Cecily and I just talk about Pretty in Pink for an hour. Uh, we review the movie. For those that haven't seen it, go watch it. You'll see about halfway through the movie is when you'll hear the two songs that are part of my podcast. But we just review the movie, and we talk about things that maybe you don't know about the movie. We talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff and our opinions on the whole Ducky versus Blaine thing. Good times are had by all, and that'll be up in a couple hours for podcast number 334. Let's get to talking about Charity's uh, hometown dates that are happening right now. So we have a minor change again. If you saw my social media yesterday, you will know that, no, it is the last four guys that I told you it was going to be. It is Joey, Xavier, Aaron, and Doton. But I thought Joey was on Tuesday and Xavier was going to be Thursday. You can flip-flop those. And that's because Xavier had his hometown on Tuesday. Obviously, no pictures and video got out. Joey's is today. And the reason I know this is because yesterday, Charity was on a flight from Cleveland to Pittsburgh. Uh, Excuse me, Cleveland to Philadelphia. And it's not because someone told me. Someone sent me a picture. So, um... She wouldn't be going from Ohio to Pennsylvania to be in Pennsylvania for today if she had a date somewhere else. So clearly, 
I just had those dates mixed up on those two. Aaron's is still on Saturday, and Doton's is on Monday. Aaron's is in Houston, and Doton's is in California on Monday. But, yeah, I got a picture of it, which the funny thing is that doesn't happen very often at all during travel. Somebody just happened to notice Charity sitting in her seat on a plane on a flight uh, from Cleveland to Philadelphia yesterday. Sent it to me, and I was like, okay, well, that confirms that she had her uh, – hometown with Xavier on Tuesday and is headed to Pennsylvania because Joey's is today. Now, Joey's family, I believe, lives in Phoenixville, but I'm also hearing today's date might take part in Wayne, Pennsylvania. When I Google those, they're about 11 miles apart. So um, this is a date that I have no idea what they're doing yet, but something tells me that this date's going to be public. And I think a lot will get out there. I have no knowledge of what they're doing or where they're going. It is possible that nothing gets out. I, it's just my guess. I just have a feeling something's going to get out about Joey today. And uh, it, it's Phoenixville, Wayne area is, is what I'm hearing. But, again, that could possibly change. So nothing has changed in regards to your Final Four, and it won't change. So the next thing to just find out is, obviously, who gets eliminated at Final Four. And that's it. Um, so that's where we're at with charity season. Did you see this little pissing match that uh, Mike Fleiss and Chris Harrison are having? I wouldn't say it's a pissing match, actually, because that would mean both of them would have to be talking about the other one. And only Chris Harrison is talking about Mike Fleiss. So on his podcast earlier this week, the most dramatic podcast ever, he had on uh, former... Real Housewives of Orange County woman, Megan King, who was married to Jim Edmonds of the Cardinals. They've had a crazy history. But towards the end of the podcast, Megan asked Harrison if he believed that there were any narcissists within the Bachelor franchise. And Chris's response was, the creator of the show was, severely. One of the toughest things about narcissism is you will never, I don't want to say never, but very rarely will that person ever recognize that about themselves. He went on to say, I was talking to one therapist about narcissism and she said, I'm just warning you that next to a homicidal maniac, narcissism is the toughest thing to treat. That to have someone self-realize and actually fix that is next to impossible. It just rarely happens. So that's Chris taking shots at Fleiss, not saying that he's wrong because I don't believe he is. However, when I read it and those that have listened to it who have messaged me about it, they basically said, I think she was asking for some of the guys in the franchise and maybe even some of the women. She wasn't looking. That wasn't the answer she was looking for. She was kind of saying like, hey, what contestants are narcissists? And boy, Chris had that one a softball lob to him that he could have knocked out of the park with the answer we all know is the real answer to that question or an additional answer to that question. But for whatever reason, Chris decided to uh, not touch it and named Fleiss and not a contestant we all know is a giant narcissist. So I guess props to Chris for showing some restraint, but... Man, you can you can tell that Chris Harrison has a hate boner 
for Mike Fleiss. There is no doubt about that. And I mean that I, I mean how how else can you say he doesn't? Like I wonder if he told her to ask him that at some point during the conversation. Remember, she was involved with Mike Johnson back in October. They went to an iHeart event. They did a whole date thing. It was like a blind date, but then she said she liked him, but then she took over the date, all this stuff. All you got to do is Google Megan King, Mike Johnson. Um, it was It's easy story to read. And, um, yeah, she said she actually liked Mike, and uh, they had a red carpet event they went to. They made out that night, but... Mike went back to his room alone, and she didn't know what to do and all this stuff. So, anyway, that's Megan King, and uh, she was on Chris's podcast and asked him that, and that's the answer that he gave, and boy, boy, did he miss an opportunity there. Now, two more men in power had quite the pissing match yesterday publicly, and that was Howie Mandel and Andy Cohen. So we all know that Tom Sandoval went on Howie Mandel's podcast and basically doubled down on everything and basically spilled the tea on everything going on in his life, everything that happened with uh, Ariana and breaking it off with her. Again, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I've seen some of the comments. I've seen quotes from it. It really seems like he's blaming her, which is a horrible look. And he seems to be saying, well... We were on a break. I mean, I, is he really going to the Ross Geller argument from 30 years ago from Friends? Is he really doing this? But, yeah, he's going the Ross route with the we were on a break. He was saying their sex life sucked. Okay, dude, just admit that like, it, it's making it seem like based on the quotes that I read and maybe because I didn't listen to it, I'm not getting the full context of it. But it certainly seems like he's making excuses for what he did and doesn't think that what he did is all that big of a deal because they were either broken up or going to be broken up anyway. And it's just whole thing feels yucky. Anyway, he goes on Howie Mandel's podcast. Andy Cohen, not happy, calls Howie Mandel out and said, basically, maybe Howie should do some homework and actually know who he's talking to. Again, I didn't listen, so I don't know what Howie's take on the whole thing was. Howie came back yesterday and said, I don't need to do homework. I know who he is. I wasn't going to weaponize his information and kind of, you know, challenge him on each thing. I also said, Tom, if you come in, just tell your side. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to call you out. It's not a deposition. It's a podcast, right? So howie said he didn't condone cheating but he's worried about tom's well-being and he was in the room with him and tom seemed really shook it up by this and okay now it just brings it just brings to the forefront the question about podcast interviews with some very touchy subjects and when you bring people on like this that have a story like this what is your role as a podcast host and i guess the answer is it's a case by case basis. Howie seems to have some sort of relationship with Tom where when Tom says all this, he just said it. I read you the quote. He wasn't going to call him out and say, okay, Tom, you just said this. Let's go over that. Let's discuss this because it seems like you're going one way and I feel a different way about it. It seems like he just let him ramble and 
that's the way he was going to accept it. Like you said, he wasn't going to judge him, and he wasn't going to weaponize his information. Just tell your side, not going to judge it, not going to argue with you. And, you know, like I said, it's a case-by-case basis. Personally, that's not how I would have handled um, an interview like that. I, I wouldn't interview Tom. I just don't know enough about the situation. But what I'm saying is, you know, kind of like when I had uh, Colton on years ago and called him out for the things that he said and did and, you know, kind of held his feet to the fire. And I remember I did it with Pauly Calafiore when the whole thing was going on with Danielle Maltby. And I made sure I went to it. And But the thing is, as a podcast host, you don't want to make your guests uncomfortable. You're asking them to come on your podcast but you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable unless it's all talked about beforehand and it's like, okay, yeah, you could ask me anything. The only one who's where I went in where there was definitely contention between us was when me and Polly had the interview. And Polly said, you could ask me anything you want. I thought I laid into him pretty well and went over everything that he did and called him out for his behavior. But he was a guy that was just never going to be wrong. So when he did give me an answer back, if I didn't agree with it, I could have just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and said, Paulie, no, you're wrong. That's not how you do this. It's not how you say that. It's not how you act. And after a while, you just be like, okay, they're just never going to listen. And they don't want to listen because they feel like they're right. So I'm just going to let it go. And that's the thing. You know, you hear that with podcast guests, especially in this franchise. Like when, you know, when uh, when Victoria and Greg did their interview post-show and stuff like that. It's like... You ask a certain question, and then you just, they give an answer, and in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, I either know because I have evidence that this is a wrong answer, and they are flat out lying to me, but then if I call them out on it, then it becomes an uncomfortable interview, and God forbid, they might just hang up and be like, I don't want to do this. So it's it's a case-by-case basis. It certainly is interesting. It's why a lot of the contestants on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette that go on these podcasts, whether it's clickbait or Bachelor Happy Hour, or stuff like that, they're they're getting asked the initial question, and then it's just, let's hear their answer, and then the hosts never really follow up with anything deeper or anything that they already have researched, where it's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. No, that's not the case, and here is the case. Like, I, like I'm giving generic answers here because I'm not giving specific names, but everybody who has done had some shady behavior can be called out and can be called out more than so than they have. But again, you don't want to make your guest uncomfortable. So it's all stuff that you have to either figure out beforehand or you just say, okay, I'll let them speak. I'll let them tell their side, but I'm not going to do a follow-up and dig if I know that they're lying to me. You know, that's the way it kind of works. And it doesn't mean you're not interested in asking hard questions. It's just a matter of it, it's why there's a reason I can't do a lot of the interviews that I want to do because I will want to go deep on somebody and want to hold their feet to the fire and call them out for certain behavior and call them out for things that I know that they don't think that I know. But then it becomes really uncomfortable and it's tough. Because you don't want to make people uncomfortable. You want them to be free and open and be willing to talk about their lives. But if they're just feeding you bullshit, me as a host, I want to call people out on bullshit. And I mean, the problem is, like I said, we all know this now. 
with the Bachelor having official podcasts with Happy Hour and you know Nick's podcast and um, clickbait, it's just me getting those contestants is just not happening. You understand that, and these contestants are guarded, and they're going on podcasts where they know they're going to get softball questions, and you can't really do much of a follow up, and because you don't want to make them uncomfortable, so. That's the same thing here with Howie and Andy. Like Howie just seemed to let Tom just say whatever he wanted and did not hold his feet to the fire on seemingly anything, which to me, while it's great tea, I'm sure that Tom spilled and gave his side of things, it probably would have been nice for people that did listen to that to actually say, Howie, why aren't you asking him this? Or Howie, why aren't you asking him this? I'm guessing a lot of you that listen to that interview probably were saying that at some point during the interview. And, you know, that's how how he is choosing to do his podcast and there's nothing you can do about it, really. All right, let's move on to Survivor from last night. This was interesting because as we know Franny and Matt are this season's showmance. And not just a showmance, they genuinely seem like they're into each other and who knows uh, you know, this was filmed last April or uh, last May. I mean, they're they're almost 12 months removed from this season. By the time the finale airs, it'll be a full year. So who knows where they are in their relationship wise? I'm sure we'll find out on finale night. But interesting, they got split up yesterday in an immunity and reward challenge. Franny was on one side, Matt was on the other. And you knew from what Jeff laid out for that particular immunity challenge Two teams of five, whoever was the lone remaining person on that wooden board would win immunity for each. So two people were going to get immunity, but the person who lasted the longest out of those two was going to win immunity for their whole team. So, and this was talked about, and this is the the thought that went through my head when I was watching it, and it's pretty much the whole point of Dalton Ross's EW.com recap was Franny could have prevented Matt from going home because all she had to do was drop once she was the final one on her team. Yes, she wouldn't have gotten immunity for her whole team, but she would have been safe and Matt would have been safe because the other team would have won and Matt was on the other team. So Franny had every, she could have easily saved her showmance. However, now I'm guessing, and I guess we'll find out at finale night, I'm guessing Franny didn't do that because of two things. Number one, when you're in the moment and you're competing, quitting is not really an option, especially with, you know, Jeff telling you to dig deep and all this stuff. I I have never been out there. I have no interest in ever being on Survivor, but I know if I happen to be on it, I wouldn't want to give up. I wouldn't want to just quit even if I did have that immunity like she did. Once everyone on her team dropped, she was good. It was just a matter of was she going to get her team immunity. And if she didn't and she just would have dropped, Matt would have been safe. The other thing being Franny knows that being in a showmance, everyone out there seems to know that Franny and Matt are a team. They're going to be targeted. So, yeah, while Matt is now gone and she doesn't have her little boy toy there anymore, she now can play the game. She's not going to be targeted as much because Matt's not there. So 
you got to ask yourself, was that smart? What was more important to her? It sounds like gameplay was more important to her, which you can't blame her for that. And if Franny does end up winning this season, I'd say that's a huge feather in her cap. And I think that's one thing that she could easily say at Final Tribal is, look, I wanted to win this game so bad I was willing to let my showmance leave. And I did. The challenge last night was interesting because Johnny Bananas is not going to win title number eight as him and Justine were eliminated in the arena against Jordan and Kaz on a stupid mistake. This is the second consecutive season that Johnny had a stupid mistake in an arena battle, in a challenge battle. Remember last season when he was partners with Nani and they had to do that 100-piece cinder block thing and you get one thing wrong you're basically screwed same thing here they finished before Jordan and Kaz but Johnny didn't seem to notice that the sun picture that was on the barrel had a frowny face instead of a smiley face there were other people that were watching that challenge take place the other competitors they knew that Johnny was wrong and they knew how he was wrong and none of them spoke up to try and save him. That says a lot, and I'm sure that last week's podcast guest, Morgan Willett, is probably doing jumping jacks uh, over this. I'll say that Morgan and I did have a text or two last night about it. Anyway, um, but no, she's not like, she didn't even know. I told her. I said, it looks like Johnny's not winning number eight. And she's like, oh my God, what happened? So she didn't know until I told her. And it's not like, you know, look, you listened to the podcast last week. She's not a fan of him um, and never will be. But it's not like she was gloating that he lost. She was just like, oh, wow. And that's all she said. But I, I, th- I thought it was interesting that people could have helped Bananas and they didn't. And number eight eludes him for the second consecutive time since he has won seven. But he's going to be on an upcoming season as far as what I've read about casts in the next show. I think he's on the next – is he on the next CBS one or is he on the next MTV one? Shit, he might be on both. I don't even remember. But I think he's on the next CBS one. So keep an eye out for that. He still has a chance to win eight. And there was a show that I saw that's coming out on TLC – and we know TLC gave us the show Milf Manor that launched in December of of last year. Maybe it, maybe it started in January, but I think we first were heard about Milf Manor in uh, at the end of last year. Well, the TLC has a show coming out soon. Oh, wait a second! It's not going to be on TLC. It's going to be on. Oh, it's going to be on Max and TLC. Yesterday, HBO Max became just Max. It's going to be on both. And it's called Love and Translation. Concept we have... The main overall concept we've seen a hundred times before. Three single American guys and a 12 women that they date on an island or whatever. However, none of these women speak English. And the guys go on dates, and 
this doesn't seem like a gag to where they speak very little. Like, they literally speak no English. If you saw the trailer for this, I think I saw it. You know where I saw it? I saw it in Zach Shellcross's Instagram story because apparently he knows one of the three men, one of the three guys, the suitors that the women are after. So it's going to be on Max and TLC. Yeah, Love and Translation is coming this winter to Max and TLC. Okay, so we're not getting this till the fall. But, yeah, it's called Love and Translation. Three guys, good-looking American guys, and then 12 women from 12 different countries that don't speak a word of English. And so, same thing. they got to go out on dates. they got to ask them on dates. And then they got to sit there at dinner or whatever they're doing, kayaking during the day, and try and form a connection with somebody that doesn't speak the language, their language. And... Certainly, the guys don't speak the women's language either. So can you build something from, uh, can you start a relationship with somebody that you you can't have a conversation with? Um, I can't imagine you can, but something tells me at least one of these guys is going to leave the island with one of the women. You know, I, that does seem really weird. So maybe as the show goes on, the guys teach the women certain words or the women teach the men certain words. It's just, if you just look at it in a bubble, how could you possibly have a conversation and date somebody who doesn't speak your language at all? Like you can't call them on the phone. What are you going to talk about? They can't understand you. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I'll probably watch the first episode to see, but this isn't coming until the winter. But keep it in mind, Love and Translation, I saw it yesterday on Zach Shawcross's Instagram story because he knows one of the guys. So look for that coming this fall on Max and TLC. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. As I said, podcast number 334 with Cecily Nobler of the Rose Pricks. We will review the movie Pretty in Pink, where my music for both of my podcasts comes from. And the Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!